Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fam podcast, where I interview spaceholders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Karolina, and I am the connection catalyst and manifestation mentor. Today on the show, we have Ricky Flo, a writer and a spiritual entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Ricky. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I've got to say that was such a wonderful introduction. I love your energy. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I love yours because as we both know, and probably our audience doesn't know yet, we are ex-partners. So you guys don't be surprised if some stories in the podcast involve me <laughs> today because uh, we <laughs> spent a lot of time together, uh, three and a half years in a relationship, and we are still best friends. So uh, I guess we are a good role model for a lot of couples who just break up and never talk to each other again. Um, but we share beautiful love. <laughs> so just giving you a little bit of a heads up so that you guys are not surprised. So anyway, I would love to start from a little bit of a backstory of yours, which I know, but I still want our audience to know as well. And I would love to know how did your spiritual evolution start? Because this is usually the first question I ask everyone about your personal development journey, about your spiritual journey. How did it all unfold for you to put you on a path that you're on right now? Yeah, awesome. Um, so I, when I was maybe 19, I was into like personal development and like going to Tony Robbins events and reading books about, um, you know, how to be successful and things like that. And then it was when I was about probably 26 or 27 that I met a certain connection catalyst <laughs> named Carolina Kurai. Um, yeah, so you actually really opened me up to this different world, which I would call the world of like spirituality and spiritual awakening and, and just seeing things different. So there was kind of like this maybe six or seven year lead up to that point where I was very curious and open-minded about learning about how to be successful and things like that and how to follow your passions and all of that but it wasn't until I met you Carolina and then it was about probably a month after we first met and started dating that you um opened me up to the um world of psychedelics and plant medicine and we did a ceremony on mushrooms in melbourne when you're in australia and it just completely woke me up i remember that like still to this day i would say that that was the most um potent like uh spiritual growth experience that, I, that i've had i've had lots of other experiences since then but in terms of like where i was and where i went that kind of like marginal increase in like awareness I've never experienced anything like that. I've had other breakthrough awakenings, but that was like the one where I was like, I it felt like I was asleep and then I was awake and everything changed and how I saw reality. So forever grateful to you for that. Thank you, Ricky. <laughs> it's so nice to hear. And this experience was, was amazing because I remember that we had like the longest laughter ever, that we were just laughing with two of our other friends and we just couldn't stop for hours. I was like crying out of laughter. For me, it was also really cool because I've never experienced anything like that. To laugh so much, it was crazy. And 
on this experience, I want to mention that it wasn't all like lovey-dovey all the time because you had a moment where you felt not really comfortable for a moment, right? I think there was a few moments that I felt uncomfortable. Um, I remember at the kind of start of the experience after we'd had the medicine and we drank it as a tea. Um, so maybe 20 minutes after drinking, I was just sitting with my eyes closed, kind of in meditation. And I felt this kind of feeling of like, kind of similar to like a nightmare feeling in some ways. I still remember it. It kind of felt like with my eyes closed, it felt kind of like there were spiders like crawling inside me or something weird like that. Just kind of like a nightmare type feeling. And I just remember opening my eyes to kind of be a bit more like external as opposed to internal. And then also, um, I think that just in our group, um, so it was us two and two of our close friends at the time. And I think that I was just kind of like new to this world. And I'm pretty sure that the, the three of you had already kind of been exposed to this world of plant medicine. And I think that just some of the kind of like, um, the vibes of kind of like open-heartedness and authentic expression was a bit of a shock to me because I was kind of in my own world of like my patterns and conditions of how I'd been brought up and cultured that some of the different forms of expression um, like more open expression of affection and things like that just felt a bit triggering for me so i remember we won't get into the specifics but there was a couple of moments where i was kind of a bit taken back by the level of open-heartedness it felt a bit different let's say yeah and it's normal to yeah. feel like this when you've never been exposed to these kind of unconditional love right it could be like what the hell why are these people so nice to me it's like i don't even know yeah. them why do i why do i feel their love what the fuck <laughs> but yeah so true I remember also that you had a moment when you had like massive fear and I'm just talking about it because not all these experiences are like always great, right? Sometimes you need to go through some layers of uncomfortability or fear or whatever else the emotion is that is suppressed in your body. But most of the experience was amazing. And um, yeah, it opened you up massively and it's good for both of us because then we could spend really nice time together because honestly when I met you I was like I'm not sure if I'm gonna be with this person because like there is just so many things in in his mind you know that I just don't really vibe with but then after <laughs> this experience I was like okay yep mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was, it was also very good for me to do this um, and also I would love to come back uh, to the kind of more beginning of your journey and talk a little bit about your accident because this is such a great example of how sometimes things that seem bad quote unquote to us then unfold in such a beautiful way that it puts us on the path right so I would love you to tell us about that how it put you on a path of business and entrepreneurship that is ultimately also one of your passions and hobbies and so it would be nice if you share so to clarify you said my accident. I don't know what like you're talking about. When you broke your um, leg or like knee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you might have been talking about that. It just feels like it's been a while since I've talked about that. So I think that's a good question though. So essentially, for like 
I grew up in like a Catholic kind of like um, family um, and went to like a private school and kind of kind of was in the mentality of you go to school, you get good grades, then you get a good job and you kind of like make money, you buy a house, start a family, etc. Like that, I think a lot of people can relate to that kind of like cultural upbringing. And even though my dad has been a business owner for 30 plus years, it still felt in my childhood that that was the path, that it was school, get good grades, go to university, do well, get a good job, and then house, family, et cetera, kids, um, and maybe starting a business, but it wasn't really kind of in my sight. But what ended up happening was that I straight out of high school, I got a job at like a big accounting company as an undergraduate, which means that I wasn't like properly qualified as an accountant yet, but I was kind of like working as I was starting at university. And I did that for a year, but when I was there, I like at that company, I met a young dude, same age as me that was running an online business. And, um, that inspired me to start an online business. So I started an online business whilst I was working there. And then after a few months later, I decided to quit working there because I didn't really enjoy it and actually wanted to get into business. And the first few years of my business career, my early twenties, I was um, like importing things from China, selling them on eBay. It was pretty simple. Just buy things cheap, sell them for more than I buy them for, make a little bit of profit. Um, but then what happened was a few years into that, probably when I was 22, 23, 24, something like that, uh, maybe 23, 22 from memory, um, I had an injury where I was water skiing and I tore three ligaments in my knee. And then I was essentially on crutches for three months. I had to go through re rehabilitation and I couldn't really like play any sport or kind of exercise at all. I was kind of like just the three months out. And during that three months, what happened was I um, pretty much spent the whole time learning about marketing and I binge watched all these different courses that I bought or some of my friends gave me access to some courses that they had bought. I read different books and I kind of just like initiated myself into a deeper understanding of marketing. And, um, and uh, I think that just set me on a bit of a path, which then somehow led to where I am now. I don't really know if my spiritual journey is tied that deeply into that story, but, um, but yeah, that happened. <laughs> to me it is because, you know, it shows you that everything happens for a reason. And if it wasn't for your accident that people could perceive as like, oh my God, he broke his knee. It's like the worst thing that could ever happen to someone it actually aligned you with what you are here to do. And you binge watch all these stuff that then became such a huge part of your life. So to me, it is a spiritual story in a way uh, of trust, the story of trust, the universe, that even if something really, really hard happens to you, you can see the bigger picture that it might be not as bad as it seems to you in the moment, although you might go through a lot of pain. And, you know, even our breakup was like this, for me at least, I'm not sure if for you as well, but it mm -hmm. was a massive, like, 
opportunity to heal. I don't think I've ever healed anything in my life like this hardcore because for three months I was on constant healing journey and it was so opening for me because you guys, we didn't really want to break up, but maybe we're going to leave this uh, story for a little bit later, but it's actually interesting story. So maybe you can uh, talk about it a little bit, Ricky, afterwards. But yeah, for me, it was such a great opportunity because I knew that, okay, I feel like shit right now, but if it wasn't for you and I really wanted to be with you, I wanted to be with you for life. It wasn't for that big kind of attachment of mine that I really wanted to be with you. I wouldn't go as deep into my abandonment wounds because if it was any other person, any other guy I was previously with, I wouldn't be so attached, right? I wouldn't be so emotional about it. So this allowed me to go to the depths of my subconscious mind that I would never get if it wasn't that big of a deal for me. So it was really a blessing uh, in this quote unquote curse, as you can say. It's just sometimes mm -hmm. we cannot see the big picture. And now I'm really grateful because I feel so much more healed and everything in my life became better. Like I feel more aligned. I, I feel like I can have more pleasure in when I have um, sex or just, I feel like more open in my energy channels. I have more energy, you know, it's just great now. <laughs> now, of course, looking back, it's, you know, um, it's great. It wasn't feeling that great at that time, but yeah, it's just amazing how there's always good and bad quote unquote, right? Because there is no good and bad, but there's mm -hmm. always positives and negative consequences to a specific situation. So just let's just trust that life gives us what we need, not necessarily what we want. And so, yeah, just wanted to uh, mention that. So Ricky, do you want to tell the guys how the hell it happened that we broke up? Because I think it uh, very much, you know, links to who you are and how you express yourself, why you are even a you know, calling yourself Ricky Flow. And I would love to talk about this flow so you can tell the story. And also afterwards, I would love you to tell us like, how do you get into this flow state? Because that is interlinked, right? To why we even like decide, oh, we didn't even decide to break up. It's just the universe decided for us. But uh, I would love you to tell, mm -hmm. tell us like, how, what do you do specifically for you? Because I know that's very different for everyone to get into this flow state. Sure. So there's a couple questions in there. I'll guess I'll answer them all in one big riff here. So essentially my philosophy or understanding is that we are essentially mind, body, and spirit. So mind is kind of obvious when we're having thoughts and we're kind of in our head. Body is obvious. This body is my body. The emotions are in the body that they're in certain locations in the body. So we might feel a sense of like powerlessness sometimes and that might be in our kind of stomach area. We might feel love in our heart, et cetera. So we've got the mind, we've got the body and the emotions are in the body. And then we've got the spirit and the spirit is the more kind of like elusive, ethereal, mystical, magical, um, you know, part of those three, those three things there, the mind, body and spirit. And I perceive spirit as being connected to the deepest essence of who we are. So it's, it's beyond our thoughts in our mind. It's beyond the emotions in our body and, and the physical sensations in our body. Um, it's just like a deeper remembering of our essence and, and who we are. And, you know, everyone has their own ideas of what that is, but I subscribe to the understanding that that truth, truest deepest 
essence of who I am is connected to all essence of everything, which I would consider spirit or God or nature or whatever you want to call it, the divine. And that I'm like a fractal or a part or a piece of that. And that in that more essence part of us, there is a deep wisdom and knowing and understanding of, of who we are and what we're here to do, what our purpose is, why we came here, why we incarnated in this life for this journey, etc. And so those are, that's kind of creates a bit of context. And essentially the way I get into a flow state is to connect to myself. So to connect to my spirit, to my soul, my essence, and also to connect to my emotions and to essentially be quiet in my mind and to, I've, and that's what makes me feel most connected to my truest nature is when I'm connected to my soul, I feel connected to my body and my emotions and my mind is quiet. So the way I do that is lots of things. I do yoga, I meditate. I spend time in nature, I walk, I run, I have conversations with friends, etc. But the kind of commonality of what happens is that when I connect deepest to my essence and my flow, my flow state, it's when I'm feeling present and my mind is quiet. So my mind is quiet and I'm present and I'm here and I'm aware of my emotions and I'm aware of the deeper essence and um, the knowing of that essence, which is connected to all things. And that's, that's what feels different. So when it's emotion, when it's emotion, it's kind of like the feelings in my body, but when I'm in the spirit, it's like, there's a deeper level of understanding where I'm connected to all things. So it's kind of like having a, the difference is kind of like having a subjective perspective or being connected to everything and knowing the perspective of everything. That's kind of like in that deeper state of like awareness. So yeah, it's just a variety of things that I do um, that, you know, like I said, it's exercise, it's time in nature, it's meditation. It's um, spending time in, with, uh, in environments or around people that are in a similar kind of state of presence because they are connected to themselves because they're exercising, spending time in nature, meditating, et cetera. So with all those things, essentially that's how I get in the flow state. And when I'm in the flow state, what it feels like is it feels like there are no thoughts. It feels like um, I'm just here and I'm, it feels more like I am a channel for a higher power. And it really feels like that. So when I write, it doesn't feel like it's Ricky with his holding his pen and Ricky's moving his hand to write something that he's thinking about or even that he's feeling necessarily. When I'm in the real flow state, it's literally like my hand is just moving and I'm just like observing it, just kind of like observing a movie that I didn't create. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's right there in front of me and I'm watching it. That's what it feels like when I write in the flow state, similar to when I'm speaking. I would say even right now, I don't really know what I'm going to say next. It's all just happening pretty fast and it's just flowing out of my mouth. And whatever I say, however I express it, it's just coming out that way. 
as opposed to I could pause and stop and think, hmm, I'm going to say this now and then this. And it's very different to be kind of in the mind and kind of calculating in advance what I'm going to say and then saying it as opposed to just being here, letting it flow out. And, and so sometimes there's not much emotion involved and it's just flowing. And that's like mainly the spirit. Sometimes it is the spirit and the emotion. So it's kind of like those two aspects of my consciousness are um, combining to express themselves. And sometimes the mind's there as well. Um, but what I notice is when I'm most connected to myself, my mind is quiet, is quiet and it might have these micro moments where it comes in and it shares a thought or something like that. But when I'm in the, in the deepest state of flow is when I'm really connected to um, my essence, like my soul and sometimes my emotions as well. And the, and the mind's quiet with that all said to come back to, you know, us ending our relationship, essentially we've been together for three and a half years and um, we decided to take a week of space because we were spending a lot of time with each other and we decided to just take a week and hour in space. And during that week, because I was really focused on um, myself as opposed to both of us um, and, you know, nurturing myself and whatnot, I got into this state of being very connected to my soul and my emotions and one day I was sitting down writing and I was feeling very emotional, very present, very connected to my soul and my journey and my authenticity and why I'm here and my purpose. And essentially what came through my pen as I was watching it was this invitation from the divine to dedicate this life to being a writer it was kind of an invitation and kind of more just like God telling me what's up. And he's like, you're a writer, your job, your purpose is to write and you need a certain amount of space and time and your own energy to do that. And being with Carolina is not going to be fully kind of in alignment with that purpose. And, um, and you need more space essentially to be in your own, um, energy. And, um, it was a quite, it was quite a surprise. And then the next day we, I shared what I wrote with you and essentially we kind of realized that it's time for us to end our romantic relationship. And then we decided to, we were in Costa Rica at the time. We decided to spend another month together just to enjoy being with each other. And then obviously went we went off our our own directions and um now here we are maybe a little over a year later and it's beautiful that we are still connected as best friends so that's the story <laughs> yeah and i want to add to this that we were both shocked and we were like what the hell god like what the hell are you saying what the <laughs> hell are you doing even ricky when he was reading this material to me he was like I was so angry when I was writing it. Like, I don't want to break up. And I'm like, no, me neither. But I'm actually feeling that it's the right thing to do. Because to me as well, once on our, one of our first psychedelic experiences, maybe half a year into the relationship, I also asked 
God or my soul, whoever, if Ricky is my man for life? And I got the answer, no. But I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just not going to listen to it. I'm just going to like roll with it because I'm so happy in this relationship. So maybe I just made it up. Maybe it's just not true. But then when Ricky said it, I was like, okay, so it's coming back. So this kind of knowing that we are actually not meant to be together for life kicked in I was like okay like I guess this is the time we need to split but it was probably the one of the weirdest way to break up ever because if it was only up to our minds or our emotions we probably wouldn't do it right if it wasn't for like a higher calling we wouldn't do it and it's like so funny to say that God broke us up and like when I tried to explain (laughs) it to my grandma she was like I'm like, okay, grandma, you know how sometimes a priest feels a calling to be a priest, like God calls him to be a priest, like it's the same here, but with writing, of course, people wouldn't get it, some people wouldn't get it, and I was, I was so confused about like, what the hell am I going to say to people, like, just the divine broke us up it's like how because you know everyone was like you guys were like the best relationship ever and I thought so as well I thought like okay we're the best relationship ever we are literally a role model for everyone around me um as an example of such an aligned and beautiful love right and just understanding in relationship but here we are and now we're actually way better I think both me and you not being together just being friends because knowing what we need we just wouldn't be compatible like if you need a lot of space and my love language is quality time we could never really make it work in a way that we would be both fulfilled so I'm grateful that it happened in the way that it did Uh, although of course it brought up a lot of trauma a lot of uh, things other things especially that afterwards to be uh, super vulnerable uh, you were also in a you are now in a relationship with our best friend our common best friend so that was a big trigger for me as well uh, but I love her so much uh, much love to Danny if you're listening it uh, listening to it and uh, yeah so that was another big big trigger but actually like when I got over all of that now I feel like oh my god it's just so great that I had so much opportunity to heal so thank you so much Ricky because you have given me not only your love mm-hmm. and, and the business spark and all these beautiful things but also these beautiful opportunities to heal so I'm going to be really forever grateful for all these quote-unquote negative emotions that I have gone through thanks to you as well because I I really am grateful (laughs) now Um, and you know it felt shit but you know sometimes you need to feel a little bit shit so that then long term you can feel way better amazing so that's a, a yeah a little bit of a backstory and I would love to come back to the topic of flow and especially creativity because I'm curious to know how you see creativity you're a very creative person and to me creativity is linked to more of our right side of the brain and so right side is also responsible for our intuition for our flow our feminine energy so to me it seems like the creativity is the divine flow is the soul Uh, speaking through us I don't feel like the mind the logic creates anything I feel like we create from the right side so when we are connected to our soul and so some people feel stuck with creativity you know maybe they have writer's block or maybe they just they perceive themselves as not creative so I'm curious to know like what are what would you say to these people that are okay I'm not creative or I don't know how to connect to my creativity because ultimately it's also about connection to your to yourself or to your soul to your essence as you have said so What will be your advice to awake the creativity within? Yeah, sure. Great question. I would say, first of all, it's important to disarm and let go of the limiting beliefs that you may have about creativity. So, and and 
one way to do that is to just consider, well, what does it mean to be creative? It means that you create things. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're, you need to create a book or a business or a song or a whatever. It's like, did you create your experience this day, like today? Did you choose to listen to this podcast? Did you create that experience for yourself? Did you go for a walk this morning? You created that experience for yourself. Did you drink some water today? you created that experience of drinking water. So we're always creating. It's the, the question isn't about whether we're creative or not, because we're all creative. The question is, what are we creating? And that's just a matter of what we're putting our energy into. So we might be, um, we might be creating judgmental thoughts of what we're creating. And I would say that's, the reality of someone that's more in their mind because the mind is there to keep us safe by you know trying to find things in the environment that are potential threats and if you're trying to um create music or a song or a business and you are having thoughts of like you know this is no good like i don't want to even do this and then you procrastinate by going on social media or whatever essentially what's happening is you're creating a reality based on fear and judgment Whereas if we can just let that all go, but the way that we let that go is by essentially being like, well, how about I just create whatever I'm going to create right now? And I just don't judge it. And, and it doesn't have to mean anything. This song that I'm singing doesn't have to mean that I'm a good or a bad singer. This, this poem that I'm writing doesn't have to mean I'm a good or a bad poet. It doesn't have to mean that I express it well or not, whatever. It's just, just do it. And the more that you do it and you condition, you recondition yourself to not judge what you're creating. So the more you write and you can just be like, okay, that's what just came through today. And to kind of like disidentify with the creations, I actually heard something recently that I really resonated with, which has helped me with my creativity is to consider that every single creation already exists in the spirit realm as a finished creation and we and each creation has a certain vibration or frequency just kind of like each radio station like you tune the, the vibration or the frequency of the radio and then you get connected to different radio stations if you consider that every single thing that you create is just like a certain frequency or radio station type of thing it already exists and then you're just connecting to certain things and bringing them through, bringing them through. And sometimes what we bring through, we might look at it and be like, ah, oh, that's not that amazing. And sometimes we bring something through and it is amazing. And to give a bit of a metaphor, it's kind of like if a human, like for example, me on this podcast with you, Carolina, if this is a 60 minute podcast and we're talking this whole time, if we're talking the whole time, we might 90% of what we say might not be very relevant for a particular listener, but there might be a five minute or a six minute part, which is like 10% of the podcast where something just that comes through is very relevant for that person. And then for another listener, that part might not be that relevant, but for someone else, it might, another part might be super relevant. And if we just show up and we're creating, we're creating, we're creating, 
So we're on a podcast, for example, and we're speaking or we're writing and we're just writing every single day. We're, we're journaling or we're typing or whatever, or we're playing music and we're just singing, or maybe we're doing like freestyle rap or we're doing whatever our thing is, we're dancing or whatever. Some We're always creating the whole time. And the way I've, what I've kind of come to peace with is that I'm creating the whole time. And as long as I'm enjoying myself and I'm having a good time, then awesome. I'm enjoying my life. And if 1% of the time or 5% of the time or 10% of the time, what I say or, or what I write or what I sing or what I rap or whatever, if even 1% or 5% or 10% is really like through my own perspective, like great, then awesome. But if it's not, that's okay as well, as long as I'm enjoying it. So I think that a big thing with creativity is just to enjoy the process. Because if you're enjoying the process, that means that you're enjoying your life. If you're creating to try and get some kind of outcome, then and you're putting yourself through some kind of process or experience that isn't enjoyable to try and get some kind of outcome, first of all, you're wasting your life and you're like not enjoying your life. And second of all, you're probably not going to get the outcome that you want if you're creating from a standpoint of fear and judgment, et cetera. So I like to kind of summarize my whole little rant here. I think it's all about enjoying the process, not judging it, kind of disidentifying with it. I am not this piece of writing. I am not this song. You know, sometimes you hear people say, I am this business. I am this book. No, you're not. You're you're separate from it. It's a creation that already existed in the spirit realm. You brought it into existence. And if you can kind of live in that kind of perspective, then we're unattached. We can just focus more on enjoyment. And then we can create more because we bring something through. Then we go to the next thing. We bring that through. Then the next thing, we bring it through. And essentially, our ultimate creation is our life. And we're creating all the time. But like I said, it's not are we creating or not. It's what are we creating? Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all that. It's really, really potent. And I feel like it's great mm. to see it in the way that you said that you're just a channel of creativity coming through you because that, first of all, let's go of this idea of like, oh, I'm not worthy if I create something shit, right? Or it maybe takes away the feeling of responsibility for your creations in a way like, okay, I'm responsible for this shitty poem or something like that, right? Which yeah. actually is not like, yeah, we can create whatever. And maybe it's kind of like in marketing, like you explained to me, you try 10 different ads and then one of them will work, right? So maybe you write 10 different poems and then one will be so potent that it will touch the hearts of everyone who reads it, right? But we don't have to be perfect all the time. If we write like 10 poems, maybe nine of them will be, not be that potent. And that's okay because we're not required to create something amazing all the time. But once that happens, it's just very, very beautiful and it can spread and it can really, really help people or help yourself or whoever you're writing it for. But yeah, it kind of takes away this whole idea of like, okay, yes, I am identified with this or if this is shit, that means I am shit. So thank you for this perspective. I feel like that really helps. And I would love to also talk about this flow and creativity and this specific perspective as well when it comes to business, because you had so much experience in business. Now it's been like, what, 11 years, right? And you know, all these strategies, all these 
like sales and marketing and everything. But I know that your perspective since your spiritual development started and your spiritual awakening has massively shifted, right? And now I feel like maybe I'm not sure if I'm going to say it's right, but it's more about like authentic self-expression and this flow and this creativity rather than a strategy or something like that. So I'm curious to know from your perspective, how to create a business from this flow state, from this standpoint of I am the soul in this human body and like how to also relate to all these things that have already been said about business. Okay, you need to have strategy, you need to have, like because I feel like there is also a balance point in between because you cannot just have no strategy like at all, right? You have to have some kind of strategy, even if your strategy is like, okay, I'm just going to get into the flow state and see what's coming through. That's my strategy in a way, right? To how to, how I want to run my business, how I want to express myself. So how do you like combine everything that you know about business um, and uh, explain to people like how to create from a place of this is the extension of my soul. The business is the extension of my soul and not just what everyone said that it has to be just because it worked in the past. Because I feel like also now we're coming into the new era, new age of a business also. And the things that might have worked in the past might not work right now. So what would you say about that all? <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy to talk about this. I would say that... That there are pat there are certainly patterns in business. Like there's there's undeniable patterns that you consistently see in a business that is successful. Um, just like if you it's say sport, let's say it's like basketball, there is the consistent situation where someone throws the ball and it goes in the ring into the net. There is the consistent you can consistently see the people are passing the ball to each other. You can consistently see people are bouncing the ball. Those things, like there are patterns that are just there, but then it's like, then there's a lot of, um, there's a lot that can be, a lot of variables that can be changed to be authentic to each business owner. So for example, with business, some of the common patterns are, there are some kind of marketing related activities where some form of awareness is getting generated about someone's product or service, whether that's social media content, whether that's a podcast like this, whether that's um, just uh, meeting people and having conversations and they become aware of like what kind of product or service that you offer. So there's some kind of like marketing related thing, which generates awareness. Then there is a, like a sales um, conversation, which might happen in person, it might happen over a phone call, it might happen on a webinar, or it might happen at a seminar, at an event, it might happen in a video where someone's actually talking about the, what they offer, whether it's a product or a service, what the price is, what they get, etc. And then there's the common pattern of fulfillment. So it might be a physical product and there's the whole process of getting that product manufactured and then sent to the customer. It might be a um, digital product, like an online course or something like that. And then there's the website that has the videos of the course. There's the login details, like, or it might be a, so like a coaching, you know, service or something like that, where there is the actual fulfillment of coaching sessions or events or whatever. So there's marketing, there's sales, there's um, delivery of a product or service. And then there's also like operations and finance. And there's these different categories and patterns that you see 
in business. So that's always there. But then it's like where the creativity comes in is essentially there's kind of two ways you can approach it. You can approach it from the mind of like the pattern recognition of what you have seen in other businesses, um, which is quite restrictive because we're only exposed in our reality to a very small percentage of all of the potential ways of doing business, right? So even if you've been a customer of hundreds of different businesses in your life and you've you've had friends and people you follow on social media that run businesses, you're still only exposed to less than 1% of all of the possible ways business is done. And if we restrict ourselves to what we've seen, those strategies might, you know, these people that we see doing business on social media or our friends or businesses that we've bought products or services from, these businesses, the owners of these businesses and the operators of these businesses might have very different um, personality types to us, very different um, ways of creating. So I, I kind of encourage people to, you know, yeah, sure. Maybe some of the things that you've witnessed and the the certain strategies will work for you, but it's about tuning into yourself and what feels aligned for you. So to give you an example, by default in the current culture that we live in, a lot of coaches and course creators and things like this, um, they default to thinking that video is an important thing that they have to do, whether it's having a video podcast, having a YouTube channel, posting videos or stories on Instagram and TikTok and, and these kinds of things. So some people might have the belief that I have to create videos to be a successful coach. That's not necessarily true because you could have an audio podcast. You could have a blog where you write, you could post article, like uh, written things on Instagram or whatever with photos. You could just write a book and get a publisher and, and have a successful book that generates you certain clients for your services. So that's, I think, an example of like, just because everyone else is doing video doesn't mean you have to do video. Some people like to be on camera. Some people don't like to be on camera. So if you don't like to be on camera, you if you like to speak, you could have an audio podcast. If you like to write, you could have a blog or a book or just write things and, and post them on social media. And if you don't like having photos, you don't even have to have a photo. You can just um, post on Twitter, for example, no photo. You could post on Instagram just with like, a, you know, a, an image that isn't necessarily a photo. It might just have a quote there or whatever. So there's all these different ways that we can do things, but it's about tuning into what's true for you. But to kind of zoom out a bit more and to kind of speak to what I perceive now as like um, my overarching perspective on business is that business is really a spiritual game. It's a, it's a game where you can share the deepest part of you with the world. And th that's really where the value is. So even if someone is brilliantly intelligent in their mind and they're really, um, you know, they have a great mind and they can be very logical and, and analytical and things like that, ultimately what people are buying we, if you really boil it down, what business is all about, people are buying emotions. They're buying emotions. And I'll give you an example. People aren't buying bags from Louis Vuitton or like, I don't really know much about all the, these luxury brands, but like these different brands that have these expensive like bags and 
and dresses and stuff, people aren't buying a bag or a dress. They're buying status. They're buying the feeling of status, the feeling of I am significant and better than other people. And some people want to feel that. And let's say insurance. People aren't buying insurance. They're buying peace. Peace of mind that if something happens on this, you know, to my health or something happens in my travels or something happens with my pet or whatever, if they have pet insurance, it's just this peace of mind of like, I'm going to pay my monthly amount to the insurance company. And if anything bad happens, that's going to, rather than me having to spend $10,000, the insurance company is going to pay for it. Or, you know, if my house gets flooded, if I've got my, you know, whatever, fill in the blank house insurance, rather than having to pay $20,000 to get all these new things, um, you know, fixed and, and renovated and whatever, you just have to pay your minimum amounts and whatever. So people are buying peace of mind when they buy insurance. When it comes to the transformation space with, you know, coaching, healing, transformational events, these kinds of things, people aren't buying a coaching session. People are buying a solution to their problems and they're buying their needs getting met and they're buying certain emotions. They're buying empowerment. They're buying confidence. They're buying abundance. And ultimately that's what it boils down to. And when you recognize that, the way the question I would ask the listener right now is what emotions are you a resource for? Like if you, if we went inside of you, like inside of your body and there was like a store there, what would be on the shelves? Would it be, I got some empowerment. I got a lot of, you know, um, a lot of stock in the empowerment aisle and I've got a lot of stock in the confidence aisle or maybe you're, you're out of stock and you got no empowerment and no confidence, but maybe you've got a lot of compassion. Maybe you've got a lot of um, curiosity. So if you can kind of look within and see what emotions am I a resource for? What's in my internal store? And then you can realize, okay, I'm a resource for curiosity. I'm a resource for magic. I'm a resource for love. I'm a resource for understanding and compassion or whatever. Then it's like, okay, now, how can we offer that to the world in a product or a service? And then in our copywriting, in our, on our website, on our social media, and these different types of things in our content, what we're doing is we're showing the world just through the way that we are in our truth, in our essence, in our expression. You know, let's say, take someone like Tony Robbins, like the first kind of person that got me into this world of self-help. If you listen to him, he's passionate. He's just a, a big energy ball of passion. He talks with passion and enthusiasm. And what's he selling? He's selling passion. And it's like, why do you buy it from, it, from him? Why do, you, why do people buy his books and his, um, his audio programs and his coaching and his events? Because you look at him on a video or you, you read his writing or you listen to him on a podcast or whatever. You see just and you hear and you feel and that's the important thing you feel, you feel that he's passionate. So it's like, he's passionate. If I want to be more passionate, he can teach me because I can see that he's passionate. Maybe someone else, you want to hire a coach. You see someone is very patient and compassionate. And then it's like, okay, I want patience and compassion to help me to like process some of my trauma and to heal some of my wounds. And you want a patient and compassionate coach. 
you can witness someone and you can feel their patience and their compassion in their content, for example, then you might be like, okay, this is the person that I need. Or maybe that's not what you want. And you just want someone to like, that's disciplined and you watch someone and you see their discipline and then you're like, I need them to coach me to help me be disciplined. Whatever it is you need, we're essentially shopping around for emotions. Just like we go to the store and we walk around and we, we you know, get some bananas and some spinach and whatever whatever we need. It's the same thing just across the board is that we're shopping for emotions. So that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you for this beautiful summary. So that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny it's like the whole creativity flow got got coming through and your soul speaking yeah so that's what's up <laughs> but that's what's up that's what's I, up in the I, spirit world up. that we're bringing yeah. down <laughs> that's what's up in the divine yeah and i yeah. totally resonate with what you're saying because even when i look at myself and what i buy i buy feelings too and everyone if they actually look at themselves like okay what do i really buy what did i really decide to you know hire this coach or to buy this chocolate or to whatever right it's all because we want to feel better in some way and um, because we always do things to just make our life better right so it's a great perspective thank you so much for sharing and so i have one i'll add last... one i'll add one more thing there i'll yeah. add one more thing there so Here you go you know that saying you are what you eat i would say as well that you are what you buy so it's like or you are what you consume maybe not with money but with your time so it's like if you are a consumer with your money or your time of certain empowering content, so maybe you spend money on coaching or books or courses, and you, or maybe you just spend your time like on YouTube watching motivational things or this or that, um, that's what you become. And then you, just like when you, all these things that you eat, like your body is literally a combination of all the things that you ate and then somehow they synergize together and that's your body, right? It's similar with your consciousness. It's like everything you take in is what you become. So what you're a consumer of with your money and your time, that's what you become. And then, then that, those emotions that you receive from others, that's what you are. So it's like, if you want to be, for example, a really magical person, like magic is something I really value. If you watch magical movies, for example, like if you watch Harry Potter or you watch Avatar, you are consuming the energy of magic alongside other energies that are embedded into those creations. And then you literally become more magical. Whereas if you're scrolling social media and you're watching all of this just kind of garbage of all these people that are feeling just whatever feelings of like, that aren't as, um, say, high vibration and you're spending time in environments with people and, um, and in just kind of like areas of the world where there's not as much like love and passion and, and art and creativity and care that's put into things, you just become that. And then that's what you are a resource for. So if you want to be a resource for empowerment and confidence and love and magic and passion and, and, and compassion and, and empathy and, and all these things, you need to consume that with your time and with your money. And um, then you become it and then you can become a resource for that. And then essentially, if we want to keep growing, we just keep consuming at a higher and higher level 
and then co-creating and synergizing with these people. So at a certain point, let's take, take someone like a, like a Tony Robbins to come back to him again. He, when like, he's at a point where he's like a pioneer and he's like leading a lot of um, understandings and philosophies and, and emotions. And he's tapping into like high levels of abundance and passion and creativity that most people do because he's got the leverage of like, you know, the accumulation of his wealth and his um, goodwill that he's built in the world over decades then for him to get to the next level of um, being an, a resource for something is then through collaboration and co-creation. So that's, you know, that's, but that happens at all stages is it's like, if you're a certain resource for, you know, magic, love and empowerment, you might like take myself, I'm not the greatest resource for, um, like fitness, for example, like, you know, I take care of myself, but I'm not one of these guys that is like fully about fitness. But if I want to share more of those vibes with the world, I could collaborate or synergize or co-create with someone that's really embodied in that. So I could bring my empowerment, my confidence, my business expertise, et cetera, to someone that's really embodied and a, and a, and a resource for fitness and an empowerment in that area. And together we can then there's synergy and we can bring that to the world. So I just want to bring that in. Cause I think that a lot of people, when it comes to business, they think primarily about what they're a resource for, but actually a lot of magic can happen in synergizing with people where you got person a has resource a b and c and person b has resource d e and f they come together and then they can bring all of those resources to the table and you know sometimes there's synergy between resource a and resource d and it kind of like it's kind of like making a nice recipe where you've got all these different ingredients that come together and you could just have those ingredients on their own but then when you bring them together you can experience this really beautiful meal where there's synergy beautiful yeah. well said ricky thank you so much for sharing all that i'm so happy that you shared this last uh, piece of hmm. the flow amazing and so my last little question to you is where could people find you if they would like to maybe follow you or they would like to they maybe are curious about the books that you're creating that are going to be launched uh, sometime soon we don't know but they will be i'm sure um and so how could people find you or follow you? Yeah, best place to find me is I am Ricky Floor on Instagram. I am Ricky Floor. And you can also go to rickyflow.com. I've got a little bit of writing there. And um, depending on when you listen to this, my Instagram and my website should will have different stuff there. Right now, as we're recording this, there's not a lot there, but if you want to kind of check out and follow my journey and what I'm publishing over the next few weeks and months and years, it's I am Ricky Flow on Instagram or rickyflow.com is my website. Beautiful. There is not a lot there, but on rickyflow.com, there are beautiful conversations with your soul that I highly recommend everyone read because it's not only the conversation of Ricky's soul to Ricky, but it's actually very universal because it's all channeling. Like Ricky is such a beautiful channel. It's all coming through. Uh, there is no mind, Ricky's mind in there. There's just beautiful consciousness flowing through. So I highly, highly recommend to go to the website because it has given me a lot of value. So yeah, uh, I hope you guys one thing, enjoy it as well. Thanks <laughs> thanks for saying that, Carolina. And one thing I'll add there as well is that some of my posts on rickyflow.com, um, I think there's a couple where when I actually wrote them, I was having this like internal conversation with myself 
where like I, to come back to what I said earlier of mind, body, and, and soul is we can be really integrated in those three and what we express can be an integration of those three. Or sometimes we can be more identified with our mind and kind of like internally conflicted or just like separated between our mind and our soul or our mind, our soul and our emotions. And in some of my writing, what I've done is I've actually been more identified with my mind and then kind of fluctuating with identification with my mind and identification with my soul. So there are some of my articles where I think I have Ricky and then soul. And when there's Ricky, that was because Ricky was at me when I had Ricky and writing from Ricky, it was association with my mind because I perceived that I, that Ricky was my mind. And then I have my soul and it's kind of like this conversation with Ricky and soul, Ricky and soul. But Ricky, just if anyone reads it, it's like when I wrote those things, Ricky was identified with um, mind and emotions. And then soul was like, I wasn't identified with soul. So you can kind of see this internal dialogue I'm having with my different aspects of my consciousness. And then I've also done writing where there's Ricky and God. And Ricky was identified with mind, body, and soul. And God was this... um, the awareness that's like beyond beyond me it was like the collective everything it's like nature so it's like my conversation with just everything and then channeling beyond my own consciousness and so just in case anyone's interested that's a bit of a pre-introduction to some of my writing if you want to go check it out Beautiful. Thank you, Ricky. Thanks a lot for this conversation. I'm so happy to have you finally on the podcast that you inspired yeah. me to actually be- begin. And you helped me uh, yeah. a lot with like the setup and how am I going to do it. And I was just so confused at that time and you helped me with all that. So everyone who listens to this podcast, send massive gratitude to Ricky because without him, this podcast would not happen. So thank you so much, Ricky. Thank you for sharing <laughs> your wisdom, your love, and thank you for helping me making this podcast happen. Thanks for having me. And I'm really impressed with what you've done. You've done so many episodes and I'm really happy to see it. So thanks for having me on. It's been great. Thank you.